Warm intros run the world. It's how humans translate trust with each other. If you want to break into a network, get someone from that network to vouch for you, and getting in is much easier. With that said, I don't know how this has happened, but in 2023, getting a warm intro has never been harder. There are thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people aiming to get into very exclusive networks, and the warm intro model isn't effective anymore. There's too much noise for the signal. So if you are a professional, if you're someone that wants to expand your network, what is someone to do? Well, you could spend your time cold emailing, sending LinkedIn emails, and hoping one of 100 people replies to get you a coffee meeting that leads nowhere, or you could do something different. And today's episode is sponsored by SeedScout, which allows you to do something different. SeedScout is a platform that allows you to request introductions to other people on the network with a click of a button. No more sending long emails, no more sending, doing all this research, right? It's simple. You send an intro request. If they want to meet you, they accept, and you're instantly introduced. SeedScout is an alternative way to expand your network that gives someone more context than a cold email, but it's faster to achieve than that warm introduction. So if you are a sick of spending hours, days, weeks, months, even years trying to break into new networks and you just want to try something new, I would check out seedscout.com, S-E-E-D, scout.com. Let's get into today's episode and thanks for listening. What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kund, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Slava Heritz, who's the co-founder of Camlian. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Thanks, Matt. Great to be on. Yeah, excited to have you on. Looking forward to learning more about what you are working on. For people that haven't heard of your company, what are you working on? What is Camlian? Yeah, Camlian's an end-to-end video game discovery and release operating system. Um, probably the biggest problem in, actually, definitely the biggest problem in video games today is there's no SMB. It's very top-heavy. It's very hit-heavy. Um, and we're basically democratizing opportunities and basically creating an SMB for the video game space, meaning uh, typically it took about 400K to develop and market a game. Um, the games that come onto our platform are averaging between 50K and 100K in development and marketing. And we are creating just massive, massive discovery channels through influencers. So YouTube, Twitch streamers, TikTokers, press, that's tier one, tier two. We're talking... PC game or Kotaku, Rock, Paper, Shotgun, et cetera. Festivals like GDC, Gamescom, um, in-person and digital, like The Mix, for example. Um, and then one of our biggest components is uh, our advertising uh, channel partners, which is the Google ads, TikTok ads, and Facebook ads. And we do a lot of automation. It's basically like HubSpot for the video game vertical. 
That's fascinating. So let's say in another another universe, I, I have a game company or I like have a game myself and I was listening to this podcast. Can you kind of walk through how a an ideal customer would like work with you? Is it like kind of productized? Do they work with an account manager? Like how, how does the whole process work if someone were to engage you as, as a customer? Yeah, today we're in the early stages. So it's kind of, um, I finished the MVP and raised our initial 500K pre-seed off of that very, very rough sort of post-prototype MVP in January. Um, and so we're really on a big, big, aggressive product roadmap. So today it's it's sort of half and half. There's a lot of hand-holding that's required to get a customer onboarded from, um, you know, just the initial touch of discovering us to like being like, wow, this is actually a really cool offering. Um, let's get set up on the platform and we call it start getting loud. <laughs> let's start getting loud about the game. Totally. That's uh, there's a phase for building and a phase for, for telling the world about it. And, and, and you're on the podcast or so you're getting loud for sure. Um, I'm curious. It's a super interesting idea. I haven't heard anything like that before. Um, where'd you get the idea from, or in other words, what's the origin of story here? Why are you working on this and how'd you kind of get started with Calman? So back in January, um, so previously, my, my education and uh, sort of work experience has been almost predominantly in finance and accounting. I was a fractional CFO for most of the um, 2010s, and um, I actually uh, grew a tech-enabled finance and sort of startup growth um, service, if you will, but there was a lot of product. Like We were literally the first zero in QuickBooks um, online uh, accounting partners back in like 2014 when they first launched their program in the Boston area, uh, which is where I'm from. And so I grew that company from zero to a million AR, exited in COVID and was like, what is my passion and what am I good at? And I've been playing video games since I came from Ukraine um, to the US in 1989. I've been obsessed. I played over, you know, probably two to 3,000 games at this point between PC, console, mobile, um, et cetera, just obsessed with games. And I was like, oh, gee, here's the intersection. Why don't I do the intersection of what I'm really good at, which is marketing, sales, advertising, and go vertical into something that I really know a lot about and I'm passionate about. Um, and so I had a conversation with over 100 people on Discord. Um, that's usually where gamers live um, about like, what are the big challenges? This was in January of 2022. Um, and the big overwhelming response was, discoverability, discoverability of our game. These are developers who are making their games and they're really good at doing that. And they don't have the tools, either picks and shovels or good like service resources, like literally nothing around um, to be able to make that happen because the, like the incumbents are the major publishers. Um, EA, Activision, even indie publishers like Devolver, for example, they've only published hundred some odd games. Our mission by the end of 2028 is to have 4,000 plus games in our ecosystem. So I, I'm going to ask you a question. I don't know if it's a fair question based on your, your vast interest and experience in games, but I have to ask, what's your favorite game or like, what's your favorite game now? Like, I feel like people have favorite things, but it changes over time. Like what, what's your favorite historical game or what are you playing right now that you really enjoy? So I love um, open world survivor craft games like the forest one of my actually i think my first steam purchase was the long dark um and recently i've been playing a lot of subnautica which is just a beautiful beautiful game it's like 
amazing graphics, really, really hooky and um, addictive gameplay. You kind of start on the surface and you're not sure like, well, I just crash landed on some alien planet and you have to go below the water surface and explore and discover and build bases. It's amazing. That's awesome. Uh, I, I love that. I used to play a lot of um, RuneScape. Uh, RuneScape was, was like my like, oh, yeah, I played a lot of RuneScape. Old school but, RuneScape. Yeah, yes. yeah. I'm curious. It's as still for, around. It's still popular. I know. I actually, I rediscovered it. I'm not playing. I feel like I, I, these days I'm like, I feel like if I got into it, my, my startup productivity would just like, <laughs> because I, that, I know how addicting that game is. It's very fun. Uh, and I would start as at level zero, you know, again. So I don't know what my password is from 20 years ago or whatever, but I'm curious. So you're in the early stages, but you're already off the ground. You've raised a little money. You're kind of, ha you know, you're, you're, you're making this happen. I'm curious, like, what does your day to day look like? If you were to wake up and pick your most average day that you've had in the last, in the last month, what does that look like? What are you spending your time on? So we actually are, uh, I don't want to, jinx myself so i'll knock on wood over here but we're kind of getting close to finding a product market fit like we knew who our customer was really early and like we just dialed in right in on them so indie game studios of teams of typically no more than 10 people um typically without a big marketing resource meaning like they don't have a person dedicated to it or if they do they're overwhelmed because there's too much to do um and like, you know, our business models, we take 30% of um, of rev share. We take 30% of what uh, the game sales end up being over the course of five years because um, that's the length of our contracts. And that's price leading. Um, traditional publishers are 50-50, 60-40 if it's like a really forward-thinking modern publisher. Um, so we're definitely price leaders. And so we've kind of found that product market fit. And so I'm like, yeah, we raised that initial round, but I need to add fuel to the fire. So majority, majority of my past month has been um, sort of this pre-seed extension, if you will. We're kind of going for a million total um, in this pre-seed round. And I actually saw your content that was like, don't don't raise everything all at once. Like, like get a small amount at a lower valuation, and then now you have a little more traction, raise another round. So that's kind of how we're going about it. Um, and there's, there's a lot of interest from both angels and early stage VC. Um, and so, yeah, sure. Of course, like our goal is to bring on, so currently we have 18 studios and games, um, in our ecosystem. Our goal is to have 30 by the end of the year. So yeah, like, you know, if it's a 40 hour work week, which of course it's not, it's probably closer to 80 for me, but let's just for, for easy math, if it's a 40 hour work week, I'm doing about 30 hours of fundraising, um, and 10 hours of mainly business development. Um, I have a chief of staff, which I originally thought was like not a good use of spend. It was the total opposite. Like he's just crushing all operational stuff and I don't have to worry about it, which is amazing. That's awesome. And, and if you kind of zoom out into the future, let's say you get the round done, you get future rounds done, you build what you want to build. What is What does this company look like in five, 10 years? Or in other words, what's your big vision here and what direction are you growing in with the company? Yeah, so we're platform agnostic, meaning today the only thing that matters is we need to connect to a marketplace in order to do storefront optimization and drive players that eventually on the like the because we're B2B to C. So we're like connecting first with the game studios and then we connect with the influencers and press, et cetera, who eventually 
are supposed to connect to the players um, that are going to be playing the game. Um, and so the, the marketplaces are critical because today 90 to 90% of indie games are sold on Steam. And so that's our major, major partner. But we do have partnership as well with um, Epic Game Store and CD Projekt Red's um, good old games. And so our vision is to basically be the central operating system. So like, I don't know if you know how Kindle Direct Publishing or how Audible work, but basically like massive publishers, like book publishers, like Random House or Penguin, they have, if they want to get their book onto the Amazon Kindle store, they have to go through Kindle Direct Publishing, which is like the one centralized, the only um, intermediary between the authors and the marketplace. And that's our big vision. We want to be like the, the KDP for games, basically be the one source for if like people just, it's a household name. If you're going to be publishing an indie game, um, whether, you know, you could be platform agnostic, it could be, um, it could be PC, it could be console, mobile, web three, VR, whatever it is. We just have to connect to the marketplaces correctly. Um, so if you want to connect to a marketplace, you go through Camlin. And in order to make that vision happen and bring it to life, you'll need some help, right? It takes a village to make a startup work and scale. So my question for you is how can the forward thinking founders community help? Um, are you hiring? Sounds like you're raising some money or looking for, for customers, studios to work with. Like how, how can we assist here at forward thinking founders? Yeah, I mean, the priority right now is I just want to make sure um, we add fuel to the fire and continue to, um, I have, you know, very specific people that and resources that I want to bring into the ecosystem that can move the needle for us. So, um, like, I, <laughs> I was a sort of semi-recruiter in a past life, in a past career, and so, like, bringing the right people in is not difficult for me. I almost feel like it's a form of sales. Um, that part's easy. I need to start cloning myself and start to scale a bit because, like I said, we're really finding product market fit. I need to basically 2x the velocity of our product. We have like a very big, very big product roadmap and um, design and engineering debt <laughs> of these like nice to have features that eventually are going to become must haves. Um, and then there's some really strong folks in the gaming ecosystem that are really excited about what we're doing in terms of the vision and the mission and are really excited to come on. And a lot of these folks are like senior folks from, um, you know, other game publishers and studios and they're not cheap. So <laughs> we, we need some capital to keep going and, and make that happen. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And if anyone is listening to this podcast and they want to get in touch, they think they can help or they want to learn more, how can they learn more? Do you have a website? Do you have social media presence? Do you have an email address? How can someone connect with you and or the brand? Yeah. Um, if you go to camlandgames.com, that's probably just a way to kind of check out what we're up to. It's more of like a brochure page. So if you look at it, you're going to be like, oh, this isn't a lot of information. There's a little invest button, um, but that's really just to show that we're kind of forward thinking. And um, it's, you know, like, yeah, we have a crypto coin and you can invest with USDC, et cetera. Um, but at the end of the day, the best way to reach me is by email, slava at camlandgames.com. Cool. Well, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Matt. It was awesome.